Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Hooey, it's been hot out. It is. It's a it's a heat wave. Dog going days on in the Midwest. of summer. Yes, late late <laughs> July, super hot, but so muggy. Yeah. Well, and I got it pretty bad yesterday. I thought I could, I'd run early. Yeah. I ran ten miles yesterday, and wow. it just uh, it was not early enough. So it was ninety by the time. Yeah. I, like that second that second. Uh, second I've half been of it. I've been trying to get my runs in really early too, and at night before I go to bed, I look at the hourly forecast. Mm-hmm. Right. Last weekend, I had to do my long run on Saturday, and I looked at the forecast, and it was 7 a.m. It was already going to be, like, the real field temperature was already, like, 98 degrees. I'm like, no. Good news. The 26th, I hear the heat wave breaks. Oh, okay. So. All right. That's it. should be a lot nicer. Excellent. And that, so if you're not in the Midwest and don't have to deal with the incredible heat, um, more power to you. I know, <laughs> I know that in California and stuff, it's, like hellish temps right now oh is it like when i say hellish like the really hot yeah like the devil is the forecast but not as humid though right or i suppose it depends on where it's a dry heat (laughs) wendy (laughs) okay so anyways we're enjoying the summertime here yeah i'm enjoying it and it sounds like we're complaining but actually it's hot and it's summer and i'm glad it's summer Mm -hmm. and way better than winter we choose to torture ourselves by running in this heat so Anyway, so it, yeah, it's it's hot, but that that just means it, it's it's supernaturally hot over here. So yes. there's always fun going on. You know, it, it, the heat has not stopped people from playing the Pokemon Go. Wandering, and I see them on my runs all the time. Do you? Yes. Like in the parks, mm-hmm. it's just it's so funny seeing all these people with their phones up in the air wandering. It's, yeah, I think the Pokemon Go would have been awesome with Google Glass. It would have been well, maybe because they don't even make Google Glass anymore, do they? I don't know. I don't. Th- I think Google Glass has been it's retired. Yeah, it's been retired. So if you guys don't know what Google Glass was, Google Glass was a, a thing that you you was it an actual pair of glasses or did you just glass, put them on your glasses? glasses? No, it was a pair of glasses. So Google gave you a pair of glasses. I don't know if they were prescriptions. No, well they were like frames, but then there was a little tiny crystal in the upper corner. Mm-hmm. They were really mostly just like frames, which you could probably get your own prescription in if you wanted sure. to. I, I get, that's probably where they were going with it. Right. But the biggest thing is the crystal in the upper corner, so you kind of see it in your peripheral vision, and that's where the information would appear. So it's like a heads-up display, an HUD, mm-hmm. for your just walking around and stuff. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it would have notifications from your phone. It was kind of, kind of like if you think of a smartwatch, but like in front of your eye, so you yeah. can see it at all times. And, and so uh, it was really big a couple of years ago. Like a lot of people were trying out Google Glass and everything. Mm. And I think they, they didn't make it quite available for purchase. You could. You, you could, could buy it. it. Okay. Yeah. There was a, like a waiting list for it. Well, I'm pretty sure it's gone now. But Google yeah. Glass would have been Aww. perfect for Pokemon Go. <laughs> and so weren't you saying something about Pokemon Go <sighs> had to do with ghosts? I read somewhere, someone mentioned to me that you can compare it to the, the world of ghosts, I guess. Because okay. there's these quote creatures yes and they're there but we don't see them unless we have the correct tool which you Ah. know a smartphone with that particular app on it so there's people wandering around using their phone as a tool to see these invisible creatures 
And it's um, like Cotton Mather. So in our uh, Thanksgiving episode, we talked about <laughs> Satanic Thanksgiving. We talked about how the pilgrims were obsessed with the devil. Mm-hmm. And Cotton Mather wrote a book called The Wonders of the Invisible mm. World. Invisible World. That's yeah. exactly and right. So Pokemon Go is that this is the invisible world that the pilgrims were talking about. <laughs> well, no, they were, it's not the devil. It's Pikachu or whatever. And it's a world that was created by humans. Right. Well, which some people would say. But it is a digital. They are kind of like ghosts. If you think about it, like, hey, we're sitting here in the studio recording right now. Yeah. There could be Pokemon all around us for there all could we be know. Pokemon. There could also be ghosts there's all around us. Ghosts all around us. <laughs> so I thought that was a funny kind of analogy. Yeah. I also think it's funny that everybody's playing it and now everyone knows where you are, number one. <laughs> right. uh, you know, they have the video of where you're going. Yep. The so video of the inside of places. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, that is a little bit creepy. Pokemon Go as... is the ultimate government surveillance operation. So uh, <laughs> it anyway, could be. I hope you guys are having fun playing it. I mean, you said now you were at Lambeau Field yesterday. Lambeau Field, the home of the beloved Green Bay oh, Packers. Oh, yes, yes. The frozen tundra. <laughs> Right. Well, not, 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 <laughs> not frozen so frozen yesterday. Right. Now, right. But Tell yeah, the weather. I was up there for a rehearsal for the Tundra line, the drum line that I'm a sub for. And we were rehearsing inside one of the gates, like actually in the stadium. Mm-hmm. So it was just a gate kind of like bars you could see through, you know, it was open to the air. And as we were rehearsing, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I must have seen 80 to 100 people come up with their phones uh, catching Pokemon. Because there's, like, there's like a Brett Favre Pokemon, right? Uh, that would be awesome. I have no idea. But it was funny because first I saw a guy pull up on his bike and he almost tipped over because he had his phone in one hand mm-hmm. and he's biking around trying to get to the exact location, you know, and he's, he's kind of wobbling over. And I thought, oh, that's funny. And then, of course, I realized what he was doing. Well, not five minutes later, a car pulls up, two people get out with their phones and they're wandering around. And then Pokemon. throughout the afternoon, it was continuous and some of the people that I was rehearsing with told me that, you know, and they're players. So sure, they're big Pokemon fans. <laughs> right. So they said that apparently all of the gates at Lambeau Field, each have of the gates has critters. Some kind of Pokemon creature. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. But I just, I was amazed by how many people stopped right at that place just to catch those. It's a, I mean, it's super popular. That's, yeah. you know, that's, they're controlling our minds. And it was crazy because it was cars full of people coming up, just pulling up to the gate and getting out, you know. Going, doing their thing, and then getting back in the car and driving away. It's funny. Speaking of the Packers, I caught an episode of The Bachelorette last week. Oh, my. Yeah. And you even just freely admitted yeah, that. Well, I mean, it's television. And, and so I, the excuse I'll use is that uh, some of the work I do is in music supervision, and okay. you have to have to find music for reality shows. Oh, so you want to hear... You want to hear what they're using, like what gotcha. kind of like love songs or everything sure. that somebody has. I still don't even know how the game works. I know there's Roses... And I know that Aaron Rodgers' brother, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the beloved Green Bay Packers. What? He's on it? Aaron Rodgers' brother's on it. No way. Yeah. And he was like <laughs> chosen by the Bachelorette to oh, so like, he's, meet. Oh, he, so he's a contestant. Yeah, he's a contestant. Not, oh my goodness. And the Bachelorette like decided to meet his family. And I'm like, <laughs> what? If she gets to meet his family, she gets to meet Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. <laughs> and I guess you he suddenly wanted to go on the right, Bachelorette, all of a sudden, didn't I want to be the Bachelorette or whatever. <laughs> But it was wow. That's but he was like hilarious. I don't have he's like I don't have a close relationship with my brother. Oh, and I'm like, well, how would you, you get close to him? You don't have a close relationship with your brother. That's the only reason you're on the show oh. is because your brother was MVP of the NFL. Anyway, but well, I just thought it was, it was funny because it's like, oh, they're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah. cool. That's <laughs> so funny. Um, and sports ball comes into our lives once and again. We go. <laughs> and we're gonna have to do some episodes about some sports ball. 
because there are so many superstitions with baseball. So baseball has a ton of superstitions, and a lot of baseball players have seen ghosts. Oh, right. Especially in Milwaukee. Yeah. In fact, there's a book that talks a lot about it called Field of Screams. Oh, cool. That'd be a good one. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if we can pick up the author. Oh, that'd be a fun topic. For a, uh, yeah. An interview. Well, and lest we forget, I mean, it was just this year, I think, that Aaron Rodgers himself said he saw a UFO. Yes. So. Right. And so just bringing him back into the, we, the we conversation. We have to get Aaron Rodgers on the show, but that's not, that's not quite <laughs> right. as easy we need as to interview an author or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, Other exciting news? Yeah, like, I, I mean, I think people just must be crazy from the hot weather because they keep on joining our Patreon. <laughs> yes, and it's so exciting every time we get a little notification that we have a new Patreon mm-hmm. or pa- patron. New patrons. We have four new patrons in the past week. We Yay. just want to give you a quick shout out before we get into the show. So number one, Stefan, thank Stephen. you. Thank you and, and welcome to the Patreon community. Yes. And Michael, thank you. Michael, you rock. Yes, you very much rock. Wayne, thank you very much, sir. Thanks, Wayne. And Marsha, welcome to the Patreon community. We'll see you on the other side. You guys are awesome. Yeah, and I'm so excited because now it's really going to feel like a party when we do our Google Hangouts. Yes. So we've got a good group of people, and they're interesting people. Mm -hmm. We're going to schedule our Google Hangouts uh, coming up. So we're going to put that stuff on the Patreon page. And remember, you can become part of the Patreon community for See You on the Other Side for as little as a dollar a month. What? Yeah, that's right. That's so cheap, for, Mike. You can help feed starving musicians for as little as one dollar a month. The cost of a cup of coffee. Oh, my gosh. Less than the cost. Of, yes. We just we just went out for coffee, what, <laughs> we an did. hour ago? And I paid two fifty for oh a cup gosh. of coffee. I could have been part of the Sunspot slash See You on the Other Side Patreon you community could for have much, much for, less For two months, that. three mm-hmm. months. Almost. And oh I would have gosh. gotten much more satisfaction yes. out of being part of the SoundSpot community. Yeah, but if you want to join our community, mm-hmm. how, how do they do that, Mike? They go to othersidepodcast.com slash donate. Okay. So you're already going to othersidepodcast.com <laughs> to look at the show notes and to see what we're up to right. and to say hi and things like that. Now just go to othersidepodcast.com slash donate and you can join in. There we go. So, so today we're talking to another paranormal podcaster. We are, yeah. Uh, Jim Mallard the, from the Mallard Report, mm-hmm. and he calls it the fastest hour of paranormal talk radio. So does he talk really fast like this? Like it he does. He <laughs> talks like the Micro Machines guy. Remember the Micro Machines guy? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. No, he doesn't really talk like that. Though. No, he doesn't. But uh, speaking of the Micro Machines guy, I had uh, played with a band a, c- a couple of weeks ago, and they had a, a cattle auction during the show. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, interesting. Like a meat raffle. Yeah, meat raffle, but like but but, but living cattle. I don't, I don't exactly know what was huh. going on, but they had an auction. Okay. And he did the whole auctioning Oh, that's thing. so cool. And that I, is a skill. It is totally a skill. Yeah. And the guy was kind of drunk later on. I was talking to him and I'm like, you know, I really admire, you know, you could really, you're talking fast and stuff like that. And he's like, I could never do what you're doing. But referring to singing and playing and stuff. I'm like, well, that's true. Like you were not, like he's not <laughs> talking fast now, but he was kind of unintelligible often like all auctioneers yeah. are. But it was, it was pretty funny. That's cool. And uh, if you guys are interested in, in hearing some auctioneering over heavy metal, uh, Hank Williams III has a whole album of what? cattle auctioneers talking over like heavy metal oh, riffs. Oh, talking. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it sounds absolutely awful. It's not a real crowd pleaser, but it's an experiment. Interesting. It's okay. an experiment. Very. It's kind of interesting. All right. Well. So Jim Mallard does not talk anything like that. He talks like a regular right. guy. And uh, yes. Wendy and I, and we talked to him last week, 
And And it was fun because, well, we've talked to other podcasters, Mm -hmm. paranormal podcasters. Yes. But I think this was our first official interview of one, right? And so it it was just fun to to see how somebody else approaches it. What got him into it in the first place? Yes. Because you figure that somebody's had an interest in this their whole life. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. why would they care? He had an experience. Not always the case. Yeah. And so he's going to go into it. And so uh, let's talk to Jim. Hi, Jim. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. For people that are unfamiliar with Jim Mallard, but if if you listen to paranormal podcasts, chances you are you familiar. know him, I'm sure as a paranormal investigator and the host of the Mallard Report, known as the fastest hour in paranormal radio. I'd I'd like to think ours is the slowest hour in paranormal radio. <laughs> well, if you need a marketing line, that might be work for you. I don't know. <laughs> they always say, you know, you should zig when the other person zags. Nice. Or, so here's how we do it. So uh, we just wanted to talk to Jim today about all of the cool interviews, investigations, and how we got into it in the first place. So Jim, let's start with it a little bit. Uh, you're from Pennsylvania, right? Yes, Western Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh West- side of Pens- Pennsylvania. For those uh-huh. who need a a visual, okay. okay. And our band has played in Pittsburgh before. We've had a lot of fun. We even visited the uh, cemetery where they filmed the beginning of Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> yes, that's that's. I've never been there actually, but I, I've, I'm aware it's here. Yeah, kind of surprising. I've never been there, but we deemed yeah. it as a mandatory stop when we were on tour and we were in that area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> near wasn't it near Harmony? Is that yes. I think the area? Yeah, we had a friend up there who kind of guided us to the place. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but there's no zombies. <laughs> um, like well, we, I guess I could cross it back off my list as I was just adding it. It could get crossed off before I even finished writing it. But at nighttime, it's still terrifying. So yeah, it has that going for it. <laughs> the creepiest things there were us. <laughs> so <laughs> you've got dozens of episodes of the Mallard Report. It's actually over 250 now. But that's, wow! Well, Congrats! Well, congratulations. That's well, I, we just hit a hundred, and I was like, I don't even, you know, do we have a hundred more in us? But that's inspiring <laughs> to know, uh, two hundred fifty. So, starting out, where did your interest in the paranormal begin, Jim? Well, apparently, my interest began as a child, but I don't remember that, so that's not even a good story. <laughs> I could tell you the story that was told to me, but um, actually, it started the second time, quote unquote. Okay. <laughs> But we were in Gettysburg with my son, and he started talking to things that weren't present in the room. And so after pondering that and then seeing some stuff the next day myself that wasn't there, and then the six-hour drive back didn't do me any favors because it gave me way too much time to think about what could be and what, <laughs> what isn't and what was. And yeah. So, so were you at a – where were you? What what type of – was it like at a hotel or what? Well, the, the, where he started seeing stuff was in the haunted, a haunted cellar the, at the Farmsworth – I think it's Ooh. Farmsworth Inn. So – and then the next day we were out at Devil's Den and I seen a – what I thought was a reenactor. Apparently, not so much because I went to take a picture of him. Not there. So, oh. <laughs> well, well, that's great then. Okay, so this cool. wasn't just this wasn't just something where you had an interest in the paranormal as and you you said you had one as a kid, but you don't remember it. But as like a teenager, no, this, you know, this, you weren't just reading ghost yeah. books and things. No, I didn't touch any of that stuff until actually I got into the show. I didn't even read anything when we started investigating, even, and uh, which probably wasn't the best idea I ever had. But nevertheless, I digress, and. uh yeah, so it was as an adult that it came back to me, or came to me. Because as a kid, I used to stand around talking to headstones when I was 
two or three. So I was about, well, he was eight months. So I guess, I guess probably was doing it even younger than that. Wow. And so. Okay. And that's great. So who was it that had the experience? I mean, you, you talk about that had the experience when you were a child at two or three, but your child had yeah. an experience at eight months. Wow. Give, yeah. A couple of days in there somewhere. In there. Yeah. Well, eight months or sure. So. Close to, okay. Close to eight months. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I didn't even think I had object permanence in eight months, to tell you the truth. Well, that's why, uh, that's why it was, con- I don't want to say concerning, I guess isn't the word, but I guess that's the word that comes to mind. Because he hadn't really babbled or carried on that focused of anything until that point. So it became really obvious that something strange was going on. So let's set the scene here. So you guys are in the basement of, it's, this is an older hotel near yeah, Gettysburg. They, we were on a uh, ghost story kind of thing, you know, doing the tourist bit. And there was only us and an older couple back in the back corner hanging out. They were, you know, mid-60s, whatever. And us in the front row, because, you know, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. Right. In the in the storyteller. And he was telling us all these great stories about all these different ghosts at Gettysburg, blah, 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 blah. And then he starts staring off and babbling at something. And I'm like, you know, okay. And then it keeps going. And then the storyteller starts telling the story about a, a child who was staying at the inn and ran out in the street and got hit by a horse and carriage and oh. killed sad and you know you're listening to the story and i'm like "Ah, okay you know he's got a he's got a child story for us great right (laughs) right who doesn't love dead kid stories yeah that's great and then you know but this babbling continues and so the storyteller gets these dowsing rods and starts telling us about how the the child the deceased child likes playing with other children if any other children come around oh you know it just keeps going you know i don't remember it's all kind of fuzzy because it was just happening right i wasn't expecting it to happen so Okay, so we leave that night. We go out and do one of these ghost walks through the field. And, you know, okay, nothing really else happens at night. But it kind of registered with me that maybe maybe there's something more to this ghost thing than, than I wanted to admit to at that point. And then, like I said, the next day I had my own experience. And, well, as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> well, and it, it does feel like that because, like, some trips in particular seem to be I don't know how to say more blessed than others or just in the way of, or, or more cursed than others, actually, <laughs> that like once the floodgates open and a couple of weird things happen, it's like you're open to more weird things happening. Yeah. And, and then, you, then I came back and started talking about this weird thing that happened to me. I didn't talk too much about the sun at first and people were, oh yeah, that, that happens to me, if, you know. More often you'd want to believe. And I said, well, what? How come this is the first, you know, this is the first time I'm hearing that it's happened to you. You know, how, how have you kept this big secret from me? Right. Like I talk to the dead all the time. What? (laughs) Yeah. You didn't know? No bigs. Yeah. Apparently I, apparently I missed that that day in school when everybody talked about it. Um. (laughs) But the thing is that we, we find going to these conferences and stuff like that is a lot of times people are afraid to talk about if they've experienced something weird you know, because they're afraid of the judgments people are going to make that they're that, crazy or something like that. And I have like a story that. even about that. I was, this was a couple, a year or <laughs> two ago, I was wearing my, my paranormal team hat out of the community yard sale and the, uh, talked to an older gentleman, walked by and then walked back by and he comes out in the little center part, grabs me by the hip, you know, the old guy leans into me and he says, I have to tell you something. I didn't know who else to tell. I said, okay, whatever. And put my arm around him, you know, my wife's been gone for four months or whatever it was. And I see her every day and I didn't, I needed to tell somebody, but if I told Aww. my kids, they put me in the home. Oh, that's oh, so man. sad. So I'm like, yeah. yeah, enjoy that. Enjoy her while you have her. He's like, I still have her. And oh. so, wow. Yeah. Well, at these conventions, 
people are a lot more open about things because they know that they're around other open-minded people and people mm-hmm. who aren't going to just pass judgment quickly. So you tend to get to hear lots of really cool stories at those. And I mean, I believe what people... <laughs> but it's also sometimes in the way that you don't expect. Yeah, because that's true. We, because everybody feels so open and want to talk about it. It comes out... Like, oh, but did I tell you about the time I saw a UFO? And I tell you about the time I woke up next to Bigfoot. (laughs) And, oh, I don't know if that, I don't know if that was paranormal or just a bad night, but. (laughs) Probably both. No. Right. Right. (laughs) No, but that kind of thing, it just, it just all comes out at once. So once Mm -hmm. the floodgates are open, everybody just, it it starts to, it starts to happen. Yeah. And so when you saw that, what you thought was a civil war reenactor, let's, let's go to this because it's kind of, it's in the back of your head now. Like, Hey, that was a funny coincidence that my kid starts oohing and on at something when they say that a a ghost child likes to play with other children, especially a a cute child. Like I assume yours was Jim. Well, most of them are, but (laughs) (laughs) so you're at the next day and you guys are, are walking on the battlefield at Gettysburg. Yeah, top of Devil's Den there. It's just kind of a, a bloody place. And that's ac- actually, I've come to learn later, that's where they, the guy who was par- paid to bury bodies didn't necessarily do his job. He was jamming in the in the cracks in the rocks there. Oh, but I didn't know so, that at the time, but gruesome so nevertheless. Just being a little lazy about his job. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> well, getting paid to do it. I mean, whatever. Yeah, that'd be a <laughs> brutal job, though. Yeah, nice. I mean, I don't think I'd want to do it, but nevertheless. <laughs> but I didn't know that at the time, thank goodness, because I couldn't imagine how I would have, like, Lost it probably knowing that. Oh goodness! Was it a sunny day? Was it a gray, you know, cloudy day? Or is it at night? It like, was what one co- of the, It's one. Of, it was a nice day. It wasn't necessarily. It was sunny and under some clouds, so it was a nice day. It wasn't probably mid seventies, I guess. It was a nice. It was end of August, so it was a nice, nice summer day up here. Okay. And um, and, and in the distance, or in distance, or closer, or how do you see this? What I, you thought I, was I would a say probably forty-five. 60 feet, not, I mean, far enough away that you could make out what he was. Well, what I thought he was. Right. And by the time I, you know, adjusted the g- grab, pick up all the stuff we had floating around the car seat and, you know, the go over there, I looked back up and it was gone. I'm like, wait, I want my picture. You know, <laughs> right. we're, we're doing this tour thing again. I'm like, wait, I need my picture with the reenactor because that would be cool. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I keep, I'm like, okay. Because I figured maybe he walked down around a little bit, you know, out of sight. I'm like, mm-hmm. I couldn't have got that far. It's only been a minute while I picked all the stuff up, and I walked over to where the spot was, and you no, know, nothing, nothing. And so th- this looked like a perfectly corporeal, you know, presence. Oh yeah, so th- it looked like, like I said, I I was totally baffled that when I got over there and he wasn't there because I was expecting to see a person <laughs> okay well what a perfect place to hang out if you're a ghost you know because there's all those reenactors to yeah. to mingle with like to <laughs> mm-hmm. I, but can you imagine that i i can just I, there's probably one ghost i can't imagine they're all this way but man he's just doing it wrong i can just hear something <laughs> <laughs> right but i think that's that's really interesting so a lot of people see spirits in different ways and some see them as what we imagine to be the transparent or, or the ghost with the sheet over its head, yeah. like Casper or whatever. <laughs> and, but to have it look just like a person or just as real, as solid yeah. as a person to me, that has to be the weirdest kind of experience. Cause like, no, that's, I see a person over there. And the fact that you could walk right through him, you know, always, well, always blows my mind a little bit. I would have, if he was there, but he wasn't even there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this inspired you. 
to start investigating on your own? Or what was your what happened next after you had this first experience you well, couldn't explain? I started talking to other people and then having heard that I wasn't necessarily bat crazy. Um, <laughs> other people had seen things and heard things. I decided maybe I should start trying to figure out what was going on. So that's when we started investigating a little bit and then we formed the team and yeah. Uh, what's the full name of your team? The full name of my team is Meadville Paranormal Investigation Team. Okay. And so you guys get to investigate stuff all over Western Pennsylvania? Western Pennsylvania. We've been to Ohio, West Virginia, um, up into New York even a little bit. So we, we go where people call us. Uh, not so much anymore. Uh, thankfully, because the TV shows have died off, we don't get necessarily all the calls we used to. And Having learned some lessons the hard way, we don't necessarily always go when people call us anymore because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Whew>. Well, <laughs> when, you, when you started doing those investigations, how'd you go in? Did you guys have, like, thermal cameras or... Oh, we had, oh, nothing that, nothing that expensive. holy water? What'd you, what'd you, what did you bring? <laughs> What's a Meadville paranormal investigation team, paranormal investigation like? Well, back in the early days, it was mostly cameras and... Uh, Video cameras, and now we've kind of got we've got the ghost books that some some people love and some people hate. Um, we do dials and rods too, uh, but it, it's basically still old school kind of in that old school. We pendulum. Um, I haven't we we I however you want to look at it haven't invested a lot of money into DVRs or any of that other sure stuff. What do you because, mean? What do you mean by a pendulum? Uh, the thing the. How do I explain this to you? The, it's on a string. The little oh, stone. No, I, that's, I, I'm, okay. it's been, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good with what a pendulum is, but I, I don't how know do how to use it. How to use it in paranormal investigation? I haven't heard of that. Oh well, if it you can ask the spirits to move it left or right, or back and forth for answers, yes or no, or kind of like the dozen oh. rods. Mm. And they okay. make actually some places make some metaphysical stores have little. Hate to use this term placemat that you can put underneath of it so you know for sure what's like going a Ouija on. board but without the letters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, something similar, but you know, of course, I don't like to spell, yeah. so maybe that's why I prefer this method. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. So the pendulum and and the ghost box, and we did an interview with a, a couple of ghost hunters from Austin a couple of weeks ago who have a show called Strange Town, and they are ghost box enthusiasts. See, I, I when it's on, I'll listen to it for about five, six minutes, and then I've got to get out of the room because that white noise and that clicking just drives me... Uh, I, I, I can't deal with it. So, Well, on, on the Meadville investigations, when you guys got out there and did it, you know, talking to a lot of our friends that have done investigations over the years, a lot of them talk about how, well, it's might, it might not be something paranormal. It's really just more... They're dealing with people with a substance abuse problem, or they're dealing with abuse in the family, or they're dealing with messed up situations. Of the calls you got and the places you went, what was um, the most convincing of the evidence you think you got? Ooh, that's a good question. Because most of the evidence we got, <laughs> hate to freely admit this, but I think we've discussed it enough as a team that we brought our own haunts with us <laughs> because okay. some 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 of our team team members had loved ones that have passed, so we always contaminated ourselves. So I'm not even sure. Wait, how did that? Sorry, can you explain <laughs> explain that a little bit? <laughs> well, but team members have loved ones that have passed that okay. would go with us to these, I guess they're going with us to these investigations, and they, well, since we were paying attention, looking for ghosts, they want to try to get their message across or 
just mess with us. Or... I see. Okay, so they're like, you've got the tools here to communicate. Yeah, with so you're, the other now that you're side finally paying attention to yeah. Ghost, and now you're going to pay attention to us. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it made huh. for made, at least made some active investigations. Of course, we thought we were actually having something active at the location. Apparently, it was yeah. just active for us but that's still pretty exciting to get some kind of any kind of yeah. <laughs> communication well it, and the problem was it always left us with more you know the next time we're out you know we went through the investigation stuff so we then we started asking follow-up questions trying to confirm what we were told the last time from them so <laughs> while we're you know doing this investigation for a homeowner we sneak in 10 15 20 an hour on us just trying to <laughs> confirm out what we found in the last investigation so i see but we didn't know but so i don't know if we anywhere that we actually because there was a lot of um normal quote unquote in these calls that we got so what wait what do you mean by quote unquote normal in the calls? Well, like, like the stuff you were referring to the, okay so just mess people have messed up uh, lives yeah, yeah or seeking uh, seeking attention seeking to be on tv uh, uh, drugs, yeah. any of the, I mean, there's a full number of things out there that could be paranormal yeah. that necessarily aren't. Electrical issues in houses. Um, so what I, what I think is always interesting is the number of people that um, sometimes you'll get calls like it's a paranormal emergency, like they are calling Ghostbusters, like <laughs> or nine one one. Even even just for my haunted history tours. Sometimes people will call <laughs> the paranormal 911 and they'll say, I think my girlfriend's possessed, man. <laughs> like, I wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, I think she's going to kill me. And I've had more than one of those calls of people saying that a family member might be possessed. Yeah. Right. And they think that because you're the expert in, you know, haunted it, it, history. Okay. Even <laughs> right, if they were, even if it. they were possessed at, okay, let's say 1 a.m., they call you at 1 a.m. And they're an hour away. Well, by the time you get your stuff packed and get out there. It's going to happen. It's, right. it's, whatever's going to happen is going to probably already happened. That's why the Ghostbusters had that little ambulance thing. Right. They could, so they could, <laughs> they, they could cruise <laughs> with the hearse. To the scene. <laughs> no, but I just think it's a funny thing that people will call and they will say like, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm scared. And then you have to call back and leave a message and say like, you know, if, if you're scared, call the police. But it's yep. sad because it's, the point of desperation where, you know, they're, they're online searching for anybody who knows anything about hauntings or possession, you know, like right to reach that point of terror and desperation. Just, it makes me really sad. And, and, and the scary part of it is I had a call from a guy in Georgia. Now you may remember from the beginning of the show, I'm from Pennsylvania. He yeah, wanted me to come out oh and gosh. help him like drop everything and be there. And I'm like, even if, even if I could afford to do that, and was able to do that. Right. I'm time. still I'm still like 14 hours away <laughs> from doing that. There's got to be somebody closer. Find a priest, a minister, whatever you believe in. Go talk to them about it. Yeah. And if, if, they, if they still want to talk, if they want to talk to a paranormal person, give them my number and I'll gladly talk to them about what you're facing. But I can't just go. <laughs> right. Because you're not, you're not the um the on-call exorcist or whatever yeah. and the, i don't believe on-call exorcists exist <laughs> no <laughs> that's they, a pretty they, cool name an older um uh, i had a demonologist uh, from the from somewhere on and he was saying even if you wanted to do an exorcism they they send them to medical doctors psychologists you know it's not just one of these things that they well 
Apparently, he I believe he does it correctly with crossing all those those T's and dot and all those. Right. Guys. Well, so. you have you can't rush right to like you can't up. Oh, it's a demon. You if, when you rush right, you the demonic to, possession right away. Yeah, you need to at least at least acknowledge that perhaps some kind of mental illness or <laughs> something could be involved. Yeah, and exorcism is where the pop culture is going. So the ghost hunting shows have died down a little bit, and you know, we cycle, we've cycled through a lot of the ghost hunting shows, and now it's it's moving on to exorcism type shows. Well, because that's the next level. In the next, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what comes above exorcism. Is that UFO abductions? I, I've it lost my cheat sheet somewhere along the line about these things. The next <laughs> level is independent, Independence Day for real. <laughs> and so we have to do it. No, but so exorcism shows seem to be where the pop culture is going or where the, the new shows are being based on exorcisms and live and, and, and things like that. So I, I think that we're all going to see an uptick in possession-related calls over the next couple of years. Um, well, I, I always worry about repossession, not... No, never mind. <laughs> right, nice. <laughs> the repo right. man! What do you mean? The paranormal business is the greatest business in the world for making money. <laughs> I didn't know the repo man was the latest cryptid. <laughs> <laughs> right. We started it here, just to be careful. <laughs> That's right. So when you guys were doing investigations, you find that you guys brought your own, like, con- I guess, contaminated <laughs> yeah. this scene. But was there anything in particular that you found convincing where you guys, after you came home and you were talking about it, you just couldn't debunk it? Most of the things that we ex- I've experienced have been like when we were setting up strange things. You, you know, you start feeling strange, you know, feeling strange. And that's not necessarily anything conclusive. But to put my finger on anything solid now, it's been kind of always can chase it back around to something and that's okay and that i well i the investigation part that seems fruitless at times because most of the time they ended up wanting to go to, i wanted to go to sleep instead <laughs> right. of sitting there um i always learned something if it was about what we were what we were chasing or learned something about local history or something something always came positive out of it is it was it always paranormal, ghostly rated? Not always, but there was always something that came out of it. So it, there was some light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I think that's a good lesson for anybody who um, wants to do paranormal investigation. That the number one attribute of a paranormal investigator or a ghost hunter is patience. It's like fishing, but worse. <laughs> it, it's like fishing except there are fish yeah so like we know we know that fish exists we can, we can confirm that there are fish right well you apparently haven't been fishing with me then no. oh. <laughs> <laughs> right so that's the interesting thing is just that and i think that the, the shows have and not to be too down on them because they are great for entertainment and it's fun it's gotten a lot of people into this area that wouldn't have gotten into it that's before. what they are entertainment once you get mm-hmm. past that that's where you start drawing the issues because if you if you think you're going to go to XYZ place and come out with excellent excellent EVPs or whatever, you're fooling yourself. And we right. got and people don't realize that hour they see on TV is over the course of three to five days, depending on the show. So that they they investigate a lot, and they have TV equipment going around too with them, so they get a whole second set of things right. they can pick from right 50 hours gets turned into like 41 minutes with commercials yeah 
And so, of course, it's going to be amazing. Cause yeah, and they have all the, you know, and actually, how much time do they spend actually investigating when you, you're out of that 41 minutes because you've got the backstory and all this other stuff. So actual investigation is probably just a handful of minutes. Right. It's like a highlights to. reel. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the right. coolest and scariest stuff that happened while we were here. Well, it's it's as if being an archaeologist was akin to being Indiana Jones. Right. <laughs> like, Wait, it isn't? No, nobody's really <sighs> punching Nazis. It mostly just... Uh, <laughs> Mostly well, somebody is dealing somewhere. With, no. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> you're you're mostly just dealing with um, like deans and other professors and tenure and sifting gravel, right. sifting lots of dirt. <laughs> Patience. So that, that always fails fails to show that. So you, you had the paranormal team in Meadville. Mm-hmm. How'd you get interested in wanting to begin a, a radio show about it? Well, it's it's it was always even interested in beginning to do a radio show. It started because I put time into the website. I'm like, man, we need more content because we don't really post too much about our investigations because most ninety some odd percent of them have been at private residence. So out sure, of respect for them, I don't want to put, put the anything. address or like the people's right. names. Like, come to this yeah. guy's house. He's got a ghost. It's awesome. And and then you start looking at some of the pictures we may have evidence in. There's a picture of their kids in the background because we're at their house and you don't want to post that. So. I'm like, we need more content. So I started doing Ustream, which was we did live little shows talking yeah. about different, like like we're doing here, just about different investigations, different ideas we had. And quickly they decided that that wasn't for them. And I, I understand because, you know, video and all this other shenanigans that went with it. Right. You have to get dressed. Yeah. And you yeah. don't have to do that. You don't have to do that for a podcast. So and then I started, I did a few videos by myself and I'm like, yeah, okay. I kind of understand why I don't want to do this. And then I, I, st- I started listening to a few internet podcasts, but they are live, so I guess they're radio at that point. And I started talking to some of the hosts, and I'm like, man, you know, I... And then I started listening to some more shows, and I'm like, man, I could probably do a better job than that. And <laughs> <laughs> so I started talking to some of the hosts, and I found one that said, hey, why don't you come on my show and co-host with me? And I said, okay. And then that didn't last that long, but... Out of that became my show. And once you got into the, the Mallory Report, how did you decide what you were going to talk about? Because it's one thing to go from, um, to talk about ghosts and hauntings. You've experienced something yourself. You saw a recording of someone in the battlefield at Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an experience that you uh, uh, experienced yourself concretely. It, that's one thing to go from that to John Tesh is an alien. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Well, it it, it, it evolved through time, and I, it's funny because I was kind of I mentioned this last night on my show. It's I have the original show notes that I wrote out, like what I wanted to talk about the first few weeks, and what how I wanted to gear the show. And the show is nothing like it was supposed to be at that point. So I, I wanted to be the investigator talking to other investigators and just kind of moseying through all that stuff and then like chatting about what's the best app or yeah which, kind which of the, spirit box is the best i like the sr1 but the sr the sr2 pats you in the butt <laughs> that kind of thing and you know well, yeah, it's kind of it kind of and then uh somebody said hey i've i've got a psychic that wants to come on your show well okay that's still very sure, much within what i do yeah and then a paranormal romance author contacted me and i went what oh well i'm desperate for guests bring her down right. let's go and then she was interesting, and then next thing I know, it's all, it's ghosts, UFOs. Down the rabbit's hole. It's, it's, it's everything and anything I can get my hands on that I find interesting. It's I know, Hollow Earth and Giants. Before, before well, you know I haven't talked, I've giants. talked Slatter a couple weeks ago, and let me tell you, 
I should have took some more medication before I started that. Chat. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so flatter. That's like, not very paranormal. Well, okay. I guess it, I, it's I have, it, I it, if you start getting, you can make anything paranormal. I've I suppose it, you're right. That's it's an alternate. It's an alternate <laughs> view of, of accepted physics. Once so you start talking about different dimensions and yep. perceptions well, and things. And he he was doing well. He was a mathematician. He was trying to make you know trying to get me but what he lost me when he said there's no edge you it just goes on infinitely you can't walk off the earth i went yeah what about the astronauts yeah what about all these pictures from space what you know it's just like it goes on infinitely so all these other planets are kind of just i don't know yeah. That's like the whole idea that our planet's on top of a turtle like what was that old <laughs> nice oh that, that's thing? from the um Terry Pratchett. Yeah, but then it's like, what's under the turtle? And it's just, no, it's just turtles all the way down. <laughs> and so when he's like, oh, there's no edge, you just can't walk off. Well, that. It, then if you combine that with the whole Earth theory, it's like, what, a few feet, and then it's just nothing underneath. It's just <coughs> us on top. <laughs> it goes on forever. Just right. Nothing below us, apparently. And if you've ever walked on a roof, you know how scary that is. Imagine <laughs> I mean, having a planet like that. Yeah. No, but the thing is. There is something that you can keep walking on and you'll never fall off that just keeps going on, and it's called a sphere. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think he makes his own point. Like, yeah, you'll never fall off the edge. Right, because you end up at the start. Well, you can't walk the whole way around the earth because there's water, but, you know. Okay, well. Right, and if you're on a sphere, you're probably going to slip and fall. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> unless, you're a, unless you're a trained circus entertainer. Fair enough. <laughs> so you got into that. You haven't gotten into giants yet. Not yet, but oh, I'm I'm sure I'm sure it's coming up sometime. I just don't know when, but it'll pop up. Somebody will send me an email about it. Be like, hey, I haven't talked about that before. Have you ever like used a psychic for a free reading? Just like you're gonna be on the show, then you're gonna read me. No, I actually there was a psychic that begged me to do a reading before they came on the show because they wanted to show me how wonderful they were, and they didn't end up coming on the show. Okay, (laughs) prove it. So. They should have they should have just let me go with my method and get themselves on the show and not do the reading for me because yeah. their information not so know, much <laughs> not so hot. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I think it's interesting is that so many people do readings over Skype. Yes, and we were just talking about this last week in our Star Trek episode because we talked about the psychic powers of Star Trek. And in Star Trek, they have this thing called a psionic field, and a psionic field is this medium that surrounds you, and other people can pick up on it. And so that's, I guess yeah. it's like an aura. When your auras connect, you can read somebody's mind. And when you, someone does a reading over Skype, you know, there's no way that your fields can well, touch because you're, tra- <laughs> you know, you're transmitting through a computer. Assuming that the fields you're talking about from Star Trek apply <laughs> <No>. to <laughs> the world we live in. Right. But when you think that there needs to be some kind of physical medium. Well, which, I, I, I'd imagine it. Now, this is just me. I'm not a medium by any stretch of the imagination. But it's easier probably to see the person via Skype than it would be just to do the old phone reading kind of bit. So right. maybe, maybe there is yeah. a little more. If you're you doing that, on... degrees of understanding and better connection, Skype so you can see the person would be better than not just doing the phone. But I don't know. I, I'd like to be in the, Of course, I'm not a medium, so I don't. But I'd, I'd have to be in the same room with the person just so I could see how the. To me, it would go to, to show that. Psychic powers have nothing to do with physical mediums as we understand. Not not medium, medium, like spirit mediums, but the medium with like air. Yeah. We, we talk yeah. and then sound waves have to connect with air. That's why when you hear lasers in space in the movie, there's really, there's, you should not be hearing lasers or explosions in space. 
But, you know, back to the Skype thing, like think about the fact that people meet online and fall in love. I mean, sharing an emotion or something like that. Yeah, and then they actually move in together and it ends horribly. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. See, if they were psychic, they'd know that it's not going to work out. No, I'm just saying that. The, the relationship you, is best left of match.com or paranormal <laughs> date or whatever. You can pick up on things just by, like you're saying, seeing and hearing a person. You can make a connection across the internet, but I, I don't know how accurate the connection. I mean, we're talking about like friendship connection. I don't know how accurate any kind of love connection or psychic connection would be. Yeah, I don't either, but I just, I hear stories all the time about people who meet online yeah. and I, I always think, gosh, it'd sure be hard because, you know, I and like to get to know somebody in person and you, there are things you pick up on you'd think in person, but it happens. So, I mean, who am I to, to judge, right? So, And those girls on Twitter are always saying that love connection can happen all the time. I've got six <laughs> messages in my inbox right now. Anytime you want. It can happen. And they'll Just sell you the Ray-Bans for $10 to wear on a date. <laughs> New sunglasses, $14.99 for Ray-Bans. You got to be kidding me. What a deal. But to me, it just shows that, you know, when I think of a physical medium, like I think of the air and sound waves, I think of analog. You know, I think of the grooves in a record. Yeah. You know, just like when you think of the stone tape theory of maybe what you saw at Gettysburg when, you know, you, yeah. you saw a Civil War soldier there that has some kind of physical explanation for it. And see, that's always the tough thing when, see, like, well, I get, I get a psychic reading over the internet. It takes the physical part out of it because everything's, re even our voices right now, uh, our images are, be are being reproduced. Mike, you're so old-fashioned. You and your I get, analog. <laughs> I am an analog. And I mean, I'm going to buy a record on vinyl. Who's to say that the psionic field, and again, we talked about this last week, but who's <laughs> to say that it can't go through the internet? Like, maybe right. the river flowing around us goes right through okay. the camera and the microphone and it flows through the internet over to you. It could, and that can be reproduced as well. And I think the idea is that when we talk about this stuff, doesn't have a physical explanation. So the more and more we look for physical explanations for it, the, yeah. the more disappointed we're going to be in the end. But the right. nice thing is there's so much to talk about, which makes it great for the Mallory <laughs> report because right. there's like an endless, endless amount of things to talk about. Yes. And then you start diving off this, these, these other little things and yeah, it's endless. Right. <laughs> which is One good because it keeps it fresh. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. And I noticed that another topic that you discuss a lot, and which is one of our favorites too, is the the whole UFO, you know, yes. the world well, of UFO, the universe well, of UFOs. Right. Good. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> well, my, my, I guess my belief is if we're the smartest thing ever, we're in trouble. <laughs> Big right. time. Just saying yes. for the record, if we're we're it, well, we're going to be it probably here in the next couple thousand years. We'll, there'll be nothing left in the universe, apparently. Have you ever, you, have you yourself ever seen anything strange in the sky, Jim? No. No? I haven't. Not yet. No, me neither. I saw no. something strange in the sky, but I know what it was. I was in California when they did that missile test back oh, yeah. in November. It really freaked me out until I searched Twitter and, and got the explanation. But seeing that weird blue spiral like up in the sky, that was... that. I feel like that's what it would be like to see a UFO or something. That, that was good for that was good for me because it got me a guest spot on Sirius XM. So that was good. Oh for me. wow! Hey, yeah. nice. That's exciting. And I, I went with the theory: Why would the government be so stupid to shoot it off when <laughs> they know people were right there? Well, I mean, it just for me it was a cool experience because I saw it and and I just so keep telling people you saw the UFO. Had no explanation for it, and that's <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, right? Right, but it, you know, I'm just looking up there, going, oh. 
what is this? Are they like, coming for us? Like, right. Is this it's, <laughs> it's on. Do you guys ever have those UFO dreams? No. Okay, I have UFO dreams all the time. And it's maybe once a month. You look up and you see a UFO and you're like, well, that's, you got it. This is that's it. it. I've, I saw, I've seen it. It's, this is not human by any stretch of the imagination. Like I'll see like, you know, when they talk about people seeing a UFO and you can, sometimes I'll be like, I saw an alien looking at me inside. Well, I'll see that in the dream. And I'll be like, awesome. That's it. I've got it. I've got what I needed. I wanted proof of UFOs and here I have it. I'm looking at it right now. And then what happens? You wake up? Uh, no, it, go, it usually goes up for about 10 minutes and then the UFOs try to kill me like it's an invasion oh, and I'm going to die. <laughs> like it always ends up in a nightmare. Do the ships always look the same? Or are they no, different from dream yeah, to dream? Every dream is a different ship. Oh, that's kind of cool. But a lot of times it's just weird stuff that happens in the sky. And I'll usually start with an alignment of stars and the stars will start circling or something. And then it'll become into a UFO when I'm looking up in the sky. And, huh. uh, yeah. And so I'll always get that. And then I, then I get the ghost dreams sometimes. It's like, oh my God, I got proof of a ghost or something. And like weird stuff will happen. You'll see something float. And I'm with a big group of people. I'm like, you see, it's real. Ghosts that are happens real. To me too. And then- the next thing will happen, it'll be a nightmare kind of thing. Like I'll turn on the radio and then it'll be static. And it's like, what if, let's see if we can hear, let's see if we can hear what the ghost says through the static of the radio, like the spirit box. And the next thing here is like, Mikey will die. <laughs> That's like a like, theme here. So, oh, so we know the things that you think about most of the time during the day, ghosts, <laughs> aliens, but it, we also it, know it always that, ends up with his death. I know. Right. <laughs> right. They're always coming. It it's a disaster every time. Mike, yeah, so, you need to work on your outlook here. You're, you need a little more optimistic. I need outlook. a little. I need a little less War of the Worlds. A little <laughs> more Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Well, I'm curious, Jim. You've had yes. so many different guests and such a wide variety of awesome, weird, paranormal topics. Do you have a favorite guest or a, a few favorites maybe that stand out among all of them? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's a tough question. I know. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I could write, there, there's a number of people, like the psychic lawyer Mark Anthony has been on multiple times, so I guess he's one of my favorite people. But that's not even necessarily always paranormal, because I can get him on and we can talk about the law. whatever's going on. <laughs> sure. Well, but, uh, the, I don't, I haven't heard about the psychic lawyer before. I, I want to hire him. Well, you can, I'm sure for the right price. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lawyer. But, but give us a little, like, what does the psychic lawyer do? You know, it, well, he used to practice law. I don't know if he's still practicing or not okay. because he's got a couple books out and touring and all that fun stuff with the books now. So I don't know how much he actually practices anymore. But so he's not he's he's not like a, a guy that uses psychic powers like in court. No, he's never used them in court. Like he's, on the witness stand, he, he's he's cross examining a witness and he's like, "I see it in your mind." He's you lying. Him. And the person <laughs> breaks down. Is like. He's He's in my mind. No, he's never he's never used it in court. He's used it to turn some clients away, though, apparently, from oh. what he told me, because he can just tell that, well, as you can imagine, where they were headed. And But that, I don't know. It's hard to pick any of them, because like I'm thinking having George Norrie on twice has been fun. That's um, awesome. Mm-hmm. Bill Sweet from the uh, Swiftwater Research Center, they talk about the power of prayer and how you might want to go check that one out, because, or might even want to check him out and have him on your show. Oh. Because of the, you were talking about how Skype and this other stuff, mm-hmm. and but it, it's amazing the impact of actually being in the room for some of that stuff does work. So okay, and my buddy Andrew Nesbaum, who used to be a, a day trader on Wall Street, who gave it all up and is kind of into time travel and meditation, and surprises me because I can go. He he loves talking that stuff, and I, I every once in a while I'll sneak a Wall Street or a politics question on him because. That's cool. 
He went to Wharton it. Business School. I mean, he he stays current on all this stuff, but he he doesn't like to you know dwell on it. So, but it'd be first to think about time travel as we all do, right? Yeah. And I mean, I love it when people make the jump, or yeah. or at least um, you know. <laughs> yeah, he, I think right now he's in. Um, well, he was in Nepal for a while. He's over. I don't know where he is at right now, all but he's right. not in the states anymore. He was he, he was here for a few months, and I said, "What are you doing here? You're lost." And he's like. Well, no, I just had to come back for a little bit. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> well, now, what interests me is, is you're someone that got into this as an adult. Wait, when did I become an adult? No. <laughs> right. As, as someone who got into it as an adult, as, instead of getting into it. Because when you get into it as a kid, and I think about just being inundated with all the stuff from Bermuda Triangle to ghosts and UFOs to Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster, all that kind of stuff. When you get into it as an adult then you don't have that childlike one. Because when you're a little kid, you're thinking, well, yes, obviously the Loch Ness Monster is real. Yeah, imagination. Obviously Bigfoot's going to be real, people. Like, why are we even (laughs) talking about this? You know it's real when you're a little kid. But then when you get an adult, you already have that layer of disbelief. It's the opposite almost. (laughs) You know it's not real. It's harder to believe. So, like... But I, you know, I still struggle with Bigfoot because if he's real, why, why haven't we found him? Or got at least a fairly substantial set of pictures on him. Well, some people say it's because Bigfoot's a ghost. I know. But I've heard that. Or that he goes in and out of dimensions. I've heard that too, but I, I somewhere, something. <laughs> you think that if you're a dimensional traveler, though, you'd smell better. Yeah. <laughs> because Why? that's what always... Oh, and does no, he always I, travel to the other dimension to go to the bathroom? Right, because there'd be droppings. No, the whole uh, thing about Bigfoot is that people say that have exp- had a Bigfoot experience that it smells horrible. So um, that was one of the things that at the Milwaukee Paranormal Convention last year, someone came up and approached me and she drove from Michigan and she's like, I'm not really into paranormal stuff, but I had a Bigfoot experience and I need answers. I'm looking for a team to help me come up there because when we go up there, Marquette, Michigan, so up in the UP, yeah, they're terrified. You know, she's absolutely terrified. And she said, it smells disgusting. Yeah, and I've heard, I've heard that from a number of people, and I I've never experienced it. So, but I guess maybe it, maybe the smell is the the one thing they can leave behind. You know, I was thinking that we should have looked more into that. I I, I think we might have. I think Bigfoot might have visited the Sunspot van. We have enough right. <laughs> evidence of horrible smells in that vehicle. <laughs> yeah, no, our no, our, our, any band van. Um, maybe I think that's. Big, that's it. He hides in the band vans like while the show is going on. That's why he's they the, always smell so bad. Oh, my gosh. He's the driver. Eureka. No, but the thing is, so, Jim, what I was trying to think was, as someone who started getting into this as, a, as an older person, is there any person you've interviewed where you started off cynical and started off really skeptical, and then by the end of the interview, you were like, I'm a believer. I am. You uh, Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm in. No, not really. But I, I've 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 learned some stuff from people, but I've never been fully convinced of anything. And I always come from, especially if, when it comes to people telling me their story. I I have my own stories, and I understand them. But when until I actually hear them, because sometimes I'll listen to somebody's story and go, "Yeah, no, I just can't." Not buying. But I don't I don't let that come through on the air. It's just I try to stay you know neutral and be nice yeah. to them. But That's other good, times yeah. it's like, oh, okay, so. It makes more sense now that I've heard it than when I I read it in the email or whatever it was. So, but nobody's flipped me or made me believe or changed 
totally anything. That so. approach reminds me of the way that Art Bell would approach yeah. interviewees and whatnot, you know. No matter what they'd say, he would maintain a very neutral... Yeah, I, I'm here to let the, the, the guests tell their story or yeah. their information or whatever. That's and, cool. Ask questions. Yeah, and, it, <laughs> and if they... I, I, my joke is when I'm in the chat room, people are like, why are you letting them talk? Well, my, my job is to give them enough rope to hang themselves. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say that publicly, but... Wow. You know, because sometimes you let somebody tell, keep talking, and you don't interrupt them with a question immediately about the mm-hmm. first point they make. They start talking, and you can hear... They wanted to interrupt it, and they didn't get interrupted, so they feel the need to keep going, and the details keep getting bigger and bigger. And next thing you know, they were hanging out with Sasquatch and Barack Obama. Right, <laughs> right. Well, or maybe not that far, but in, in Area Fifty One, yeah. right? They're in Area Fifty One with uh, Barack Obama and um, the head of Walt Disney. No, so <laughs> what guests have you not interviewed? Like, who's your dream guest to have on the Mount Report? Well, I've got, I've got two. And that I mean, I've I've got I've just a huge list of people, but sure. the two that stand out to me are Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy. Mm. I think he's I've seen him interviewed, and forget the character impersonations and all that other stuff. He's just so knowledgeable about a lot of things in the world. I th- I'd love to hear him talk about ghosts and Bigfoot, and just mm. to hear what he has to say. And the other is Dan Aykroyd. I just love. Yes. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Every. <laughs> He's he's everybody's dream. I was gonna say I think I think he ranks number one on a lot of people's lists, but right, I, I can't help but not have him on my list. But mm-hmm. yeah, good choice. When we were talking about Ghostbusters a couple episodes ago, and we we were talking about the real life paranormal influences behind Ghostbusters, you could really tell with Dan Aykroyd that he had just a, a knowledge of the paranormal that made the movie feel more grounded than it should have. Yes. You know, a ridiculous movie like that. And the, the the remake lacks that, or the the new version. No, is no, funny. la 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 la. Spoiler. No. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. not going to spoil it. it I just, still haven't seen it. it. It's it'll make you laugh. It definitely will make you laugh. But it doesn't have that same kind of. I, I've read enough reviews of it to know that it's not what it what the first one was, and I, right. they never are. So right, exactly. And it, and it shouldn't be because also it's you know we're not 1984. When 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 Bill and Murray walks out of that thing, he goes, "It's Miller time." Like nobody <laughs> nobody says it's Miller time anymore. Well, apparently it's you're not hanging good. out in the right circles. You're, you're still too busy to playing, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, Dan Aykroyd's a, a good choice. And um, oh. Seth MacFarlane, it's interesting. And Seth MacFarlane's an interesting choice, too, because I think that he would come in and he would just poo-poo everything. I think so, too. But I, I'd love to hear it. I, like I said, he's just so well-spoken on a lot of other things. And, and, and if I got too bad, I'm pretty sure he would just crack some jokes from Stewie or whatever, and it'd just be fun. So Well, it would be a very fast and entertaining hour <laughs> yes. of Paranormal Radio to talk to Seth MacFarlane, even though he's, he's I'm pretty sure he's an atheist. So he'd be like, in that in that sweet, like, Barrett, he'd be like, I don't believe any of this crap. Yeah, well, it'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, it certainly would be fun. No, that's great. And Jim, we want to thank you for joining us today and yeah, telling thanks, us a little Jim. bit about your own oh, paranormal experience and your show. It's been you fun talking me. with you. And so when people want to find you online, when they want to find more about the Mallory Report, and if they haven't heard you yet, I'm sure most of the people who are listening to this podcast have listened to you, but we want to make sure- There's always somebody out there who hasn't heard the report. Right. The easiest way to- This is probably the first interview I've ever got to say this, but you can go to mallard.report, and you can go either way. You can actually go as it's spelled like the duck, or you can get it if you spell it like the same way my last name is spelled. Clever. Spent too much- 
should have stayed off the website that day. They had a sale. But nevertheless, that's the <laughs> <Right>. new. <laughs> so Mallard.Report, you can find it. That's where you can listen to the latest episode. What's your next episode going to be about? What's, give us a spoiler. Spoiler, uh, Bob Bain from Mysterious, whatever. He just changed the name of his podcast. So I'm going to be doing what you're doing, having another podcast guest on. So. All, All right. right. It's it. Cool. It's the it's the the reflective the self reflective podcast podcast week, party I think is yeah. the way to do it. So I guess that's they, what happens during the summer. We kind of start. <laughs> yeah. Well, also you want to see, you know, what are the influences behind the other people who are are compelled to do this? Because investigators are usually compelled for some reason to search for the truth, and people who are on television are, are compelled for a different reason to search for the money, and people <laughs> like us are searching for something, have fun to discuss something, and and to learn something from other people who have had experience. High fives all around. High fives all around. Thank you very much, Jim. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Thank, thank you for you. joining us. All right, so we want to thank Jim for joining us. Thank you, Jim. On the See You on the Other Side podcast. Yeah. And make sure to check out his podcast and you can find a link to the Mallard Report. Right. The fastest hour in paranormal talk radio. That's right. And the show notes at othersidepodcast.com slash 102 mm-hmm. and uh, we know you're already going there to check out the cool <laughs> stuff and also to othersidepodcast.com slash donate yes, to help yes, out of course but uh, othersidepodcast.com slash 102 you'll right. find the link to Jim's podcast yes. and also um, some interesting things about our conversation mm-hmm. so uh, for the song this week we decided to take the inspiration of what Jim saw in the graveyard mm-hmm. or what, what he saw at the battlefield in Gettysburg right he saw a dead man. <laughs> right. So spooky. A guy still fighting a war, you know, 150 yeah. years after that war was over. And this song is kind of about that. People still fighting about things. People still, well, things that are long past their due date. Okay. And so I uh, took the inspiration of that. And this song is called Dead Man. <laughs>
thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. It smells disgusting.